0: Welcome, everyone, to the completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, November 10th cold out there 2020 that's mitchell's shirt wearing ian ferguson mitchell's i'm pat country on the show today we have lots of sordid tales of retro and modern gaming goodness for you Ooh, it's gossipy no it's not what we're we talking about I was say, this looks fairly cut and dry sega selling arcade biz we're talking about a ps5 arco from kotaku the warrior 64 console kickstarter the GameStop. uh TikTok challenge and a little bit more. Um Ian, how was your how was your weekend?
1: Busy. I worked um worked. We had like two weeks that were kind of slower, which is usually common in the fall, especially in October. Um but they were busier than you know most falls and then uh I don't know, this weekend it ramped right back up. I think it's probably too early for people to be doing Christmas shopping, but who knows? Um I mean, right now, video games are just riding an incredibly high wave of popularity, because uh, there's nothing else to do. And that's what I've been doing at home. I've been playing uh, playing my PC Engine stuff. Um, I got to stream for a little bit last night. I haven't streamed... Well, I streamed music like two weeks ago, and then last night I streamed um, a little bit of Devil's Crush and a little bit of Rondo of Blood um, for... Um, Vulture Video, which is a small independent video rental store that uh, my buddy Rick volunteers at. So um, they were doing some fundraising for that, and it seemed like it went pretty well. Eric Lappy was there, Rick was there, um, Matt Wissig was there, the guy who has the Contra world record. Um, so yeah, it was a good time. That's pretty much what I did. Oh, and I've been reading a lot of Pokemon manga.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw, you t- I saw you tweet a couple of funny
1: pictures. It's It's been uh very... It's like mashed potatoes for the brain. It's been very easy to read, very comforting. Um, not too complex. Not too complex. A uh, bit more dramatic than the TV show, I would say, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, it looks like they were written kind of side by side, so there's, you know, big differences. But, yeah, nah, it's been fun. So, yeah, that's what I did. Vani's been catching up on her reading, too.
0: Oh, very nice. Yeah, I got to read more again. I stopped reading. Uh probably probably once I got smartphones, I used to read like 3-4 books a year and I got to get a big heavy book off the shelf and actually read it. Smartphones will definitely screw
1: that up. No, it's it's smartphones have made us, made us idiots as people. There's a lot of good things to them as well. I mean, no, but, but that it it, it it they I I I've always had a problem with attention. Um and my phone has made that 100% worse.
0: Yeah, it's it's warped uh people's minds i mean if you, if, you, if you try to communicate with someone that's 20 years younger or it, it's it's like you're almost talking to an alien sometimes if, if they're constantly on their phone or on instagram now it's not like an old man but it's true and, and there's just there's another conversation but there's still there's f- starting to figure out how engagement with your phone is changing like your neural network in your brain in terms of constant attention and going back and forth with things and it's scary. We we missed that. We're we're the last generation of the we, we 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 got we got out scot free with that. We didn't get cell phones until we were like late teens, early twenties, so we were okay. But you grew yeah, up with them.
1: I didn't get my first cell phone until I think two thousand and two and I didn't get my first two thousand and four for me. I didn't I get like, my first smartphone. Eh, I, I was fairly early on that. I think my first smartphone was uh an iPhone three. I didn't get to, I think it might like the four, I think. So I was like two thousand thirteen, fourteen? Um, yeah, my first one was the one right before they did, like, the nicer display. But
0: uh, I harken back to a simpler time, the 80s. And you know what, Ian? Wednesday night, I'll be on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash code. Every Wednesday, or usually Thursday night, we do we do 80s commercial blocks from 80s Commercial Vault on YouTube. It's a fun time. You ever, you ever stop in and watch some with, with Pat?
1: No, Wednesdays, I'm almost always working. That's why. Okay. Um,
0: sometimes Thursday, but it, it's a it's a nice cultural uh you know lesson history lesson i'm usually one of the oldest people in there so i explain to people like the, the toy stuff that comes up or you know it, it, it's nice it's, it's it's i found my niche on twitch i don't like playing games on twitch because you know it's not relaxing and you can't interact with people as easily but watching commercials and riffing on it the local commercials are a blast when you see some of the com- local commercials like a local gun store commercial he's like where the guy's are like they're cheap because I-, I can't give them away but i want to and it's like the funniest shit ever it's like play- this is great playing games on twitch is absolutely not relaxing at all i mean i tried it but it's like if you, if it's a hard game then you definitely can't concentrate on like the chat and the game it's impossible with unreal it was like a chore to play that game and then try to even pretend the chat existed you just can't do it Uh, you just can't. But um, yeah, twitch.tv slash uh, country code there. Um, So the election results we got on uh, Saturday, at least they called it finally on Saturday morning, after like four grueling days of little sleep. Um, And um, I'm just happy that I'm like more relaxed now. In the grand scheme of things, obviously, we have to go through the process of, you know, the, the actual electors and the college and confirming in Congress account, but it's 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 gonna be all right I know there's some kerfuffle going on right now, but it's it's mostly blowhard stuff. Um but but I, I I bet the market though. That was also why. Um so there's a there's a legal remember, gamble responsibly before you get into this. There's a legal gambling market uh called predict it. There's also I think a secondary one. And they have a federal exemption where you can bet on world events and politics and I bet on different states in the election. And how it's legal, Ian, is that universities throughout the US are connected to the system so they can see how, how people are thinking. And that's and they use that for research. So that's that's how it's legal. That's how they got around this loophole. But it is, also, it's it's small money too, isn't it? Well, you can bet up to eight hundred and fifty dollars per betting pool. So it's not exactly small, but like you know, you can spread it eight hundred fifty dollars out for twenty different ways and that's sixteen grand. But um so it's it's that, but they limit the size of, of the number of uh, bettors in, in each pool as well, which I think is 5,000. So only 5,000 people can bet on straight up who's going to win the election. But, the, but then 5,000 people can bet on who's going to win this state, who's going to win Minnesota. So I found a few markets, I got it, and I got great odds on Georgia. So I always thought Georgia was going to be either 50-50, or I always thought, I felt good about Georgia for the Democrats. So I got like three or four to one odds. And four to one odds close to it. So, um, So this is what I'm going to say to people. If you think, if you're disappointed about the election, I understand that. But if you think things aren't going to change, I implore you to challenge me on predicted. Put your money where your mouth is. Go gamble against Pat directly on these markets. Go do it. If you hate me, if you think I'm a leftist, take that credit card out and, and I'll be glad to bet against you. Prove Pat wrong here. I'm just trying to you know, get better odds here. Some of these markets haven't closed yet. Prove Pat wrong. Put the money out there and bet against me. Because you're literally doing that on these markets. So you can do that. I'm trying to rile you up and maybe get a couple of your bucks at the same time. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, so other than that, this weekend, uh, I saw Frank, and we just did a, um, a a late birthday celebration. We watched the game, the game of the week, and then um, we just ordered pizza. Ate That's the good. foods. Ate the food. We got a you leave a pizza, which is actually pretty good for San Diego pizza. God, pizza sounds so good. I had had pizza in a, in a few months because every time I had pizza, I'm grossly disappointed in San Diego when I had pizza. I'm like, oh, I want pizza. This is not great pizza. Like you can get to okay pizza, but you're not going to get to those Long Island Heights that we experienced last year. That's for damn sure. But uh, speaking of that, you know, we might get a vaccine. So, yeah, ninety percent,
1: ninety percent effectiveness. Uh, uh, effectiveness over. I think they was it. Was over people? Was it was over thirty thousand people that gave it to? Yeah, I believe so. Um. I I can't get too excited or hopeful about much of anything these days. so oh, yeah. we'll wait until that needle's in my vein. But um, yeah, I mean that's promising. Well, the rollout's going to be complicated. Obviously, we have to have the military
0: come down to you know, everyone's street and give it to people. I mean, how you going to do that with three hundred and fifty million people? Just aerosol so, everything. You get those Amazon drones deliver them. And you, you do it yourself. Terrifying. <laughs> um, Ian, you know, what about Sega?
1: selling off their arcade biz here? Yeah, kind of sad. Sega sold off their arcade business. Um, They were seeing a a downturn in profits Uh, a few months ago. They sold off one of their biggest arcades, uh, the Building 2. I can't remember exactly where that was, but it was all over the news. It's got a real, really unique uh, building shape. Um, Go away. Stop telling me things. Thank you. Sorry, Ian. Um... So uh, they said that it was strongly affected by COVID-19, um, and that's why they sold it off. They transfer they sold the shares uh, to Genda. It's uh, the soft J- a G, I believe. A company that has a strong desire to expand amusement center operation businesses, and has decided to conclude the share transfer agreement of a board director's meeting held today. So that's who they sold, uh, sold off the arcade business to. Um, it's not the end of the line for sega though they are still going to be making uh in arcades they're still going to be making arcade games um but they are going to be transferring some of their arcade division over to uh console development they said um which is good sega's got a lot of properties under it now and uh you know there's lots of fans that would love to see their older properties come to light again um it worked very very well with streets of rage um so yeah, that's that's where it's it's happening. Businesses all over are, are feeling the effects of the pandemic. From what I read, from
0: this a this, uh, little article here. From there was an interview
1: with the PR staff of Sega Sammy Holdings. Did they buy out Sammy at some point? I Guess they did. No, Sammy bought them out at some. Oh, point. Same, same that, that, that oh, Sammy bought Sega. Oh, that was a while ago. A wow. while. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sammy
0: bought Sega. Um, they're gonna keep for they know they're gonna keep like the, the Sega arcade names up there and on the, whatever. I know they have restaurants Sega restaurants. But it sounds like it's going to be, well, we're just taking, we're keeping like 15% of it, but they're not going to be controlling it anymore. So, cause it, cause if you, if you like Sega arcades and that's the brand, I don't know why you change the brand on this stuff. So that makes sense. So it's not like these are disappearing entirely. They're just not going to be in control of it uh, anymore. Uh, this question is it, it, it is assumed that sega's arcade game production team will still exist but will this sale have any effect on the arcade development it says you recognize our group will still continue doing the amusement device development business moreover our group is also planning to optimize development resources to fit the market environment of each enterprise that is corporate speak for example by shifting some of the amusement device development staff to the consumer business which is a growing field consumer business okay i don't know what consumer business they'd have for sega stuff but okay uh, anyway Sega's consumer business segment is comprised oh here it is of the console and PC ga- PC games team and the smartphone game teams oh god smartphone stuff Yeah. alright well they're still going to be doing stuff obviously but uh, to me it sounds like yeah they they don't want to they don't want to have to manage any of the physical shit anymore locations and retail stuff and they they want out of that it looks like a lot of it
1: so alright going back to because I had to look myself the Sega Sammy merger happened in 2004
0: oh wow yeah
1: Wow. So, all
0: right. So, it's like, it sounds like you're still going to have some of these buildings around. Uh, you know, one, once we once we got everything under control, people will, will hopefully flock to, to arcades and to retail business space again.
1: It, it sounds more like a handing over of the keys as, yeah. as much as, you know, yeah. shutting down anything. Sure. We'll see. We'll see. Um, real quick, Ian,
0: we're now closing in on the holiday season. We are. And Thanksgiving. You can give thanks at oldbitnintendo.com. We got uh, RBI baseball stickers That can, uh, can be stocking stuffers We got CU podcast and now pins that You can fit 14 of those in a stocking at least And certain NES and Supertone guidebooks You have... could kill someone with that stocking Yeah, I, I, yeah you can it, 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 It'd be like you know These are heavy. Full metal jacket and you put the soap inside a sock
1: Inside <laughs> the old sock or, full of quarters Yeah from, from, there you go from, uh, You can do that or,
0: or the NES and Supertone guidebooks Make a great gift right there My display Ian My display <laughs> Um, and also, uh, I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. I have I've plugged that in a bit there. For all your shout-out needs, birthdays, holidays, I can if I'm going to give thanks to you, I can do that. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. Uh, sad news, Ian, with Alex Trebek passing away age 80.
1: Yeah, that one, that was a bummer. That one um, hit home. Uh, like many, many people, I grew up watching uh, Jeopardy. Um, it was on every day at... 7.30. 7.30, yeah. Wheel of Fortune 7, it was a power hour. And uh, I'd always watch it with my mom. Um, I think Alex Trebek was one of the more comforting television uh, presences and personalities that was out there. Um, he made knowledge cool. And, uh, I mean, from all accounts, he absolutely adored and loved his job. There were stories going around i think ken jennings posted one about how it was prior to his diagnosis but um alex trebek was having a really bad day like before going on uh and like uh doing a tournament and he could tell he was having a rough one he was in pain something was going on and as soon as he heard his name go off he went out and did his job and you know uh, ken jennings asked him about it and he was like it's no it's You know it's so rare these days to see someone who truly loves what they do for a living um where where it it, it's it is their element it's not something that they just enjoy it it, it's it becomes them and uh he very much i guess felt his best when he was um you know in front of the contestants and cheering them on and stuff like that uh so yeah it was said um he has new episodes coming out up until uh, the end of the year. His final episode will actually air on Christmas Day, which is kind of a nice little coincidence. It's Christmas Day?
0: Wow. Yeah. Yep. That'll be sad, right? If you know it's coming, it's like, oh, God, we have one more left. And um, obviously, they'll probably do a memorial thing on that show uh, for him afterwards or something. Um, he, didn't get, he didn't get to do a sign-off like other,
1: some of the other hosts have done, fortunately. Wow, they they film that far in advance, huh? Like six, uh, weeks, he was filming up until October 29th, so he filmed wow. as recently as two weeks ago. Wow, wow, up, up till the end. That's an entertainer. That's that's
0: wow. Yeah, um, yeah, I watched it. Obviously, when you're when you're like eight nine years old, you get more out of Wheel of Fortune when you're a kid than that for the most part. But you know, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, the NES games probably helped a lot. Playing the NES game that I borrowed from my my. Uh, Grandparents' uh, neighbor had it, so I always would play Jeopardy. And plus, I had it on the PC, Wheel uh, of Fortune. We had Jeopardy on the PC. So at that point, it's funny
1: thing about it. He wasn't on the show that long. <laughs> just a few years then. Yeah, I I always kind of I mean because I remember him my whole life. I I um I honestly didn't know that he's. St- I th- I thought he started at some point in the seventies. He started in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, that's when he started. I mean, that's still an incredibly long run—thirty-six years. That's in, that's insane. But um, yeah, I, I honestly didn't know when he started. Uh, I thought that block went back further, and no, it, that was a uh, that was like a, a a big prime time push for for those game shows. See,
0: I enjoyed him on Classic Concentration when he did it. With the, the, yeah, the, the daytime, uh, especially in the summer, you'd watch the daytime, the lighter, we'll just say lighter game shows, and he was on in the morning, whenever it was, like ten thirty or whatever, or eleven or. He was on there. He, he that was his secondary. You know, that's just, that's the easy job. Doing classic concentration, you show up, you do classic concentration, then you do Jeopardy. You know, like it's uh, a lot of hosts did that. They had like a couple of different game shows like that. And I used to love classic concentration as well uh, back in the day. no, nice guy, and like you said, uh, celebrating. We don't celebrate enough um, intelligence and education and knowledge in, in U.S. culture. We don't. Um, it's sad that we don't. And then that's why that's why we're. For first world countries we're not even the top 10 usually of a lot of these um you know for for math and for science and for
1: especially in the close. past few years it feels like there's been there's been a real pandering to idiocy and um yeah. well I, well it, it's 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 a well I, I i what did
0: i coin the phrase it's uh, arrogant ignorance but it's also thinking that 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 any it's 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 the, it's the inability to decipher what is what is true, true information or what is horse shit like that's part of the educational process is is being able to filter oh do research and figure out from different sources what are facts and that's obliterated uh, that's been obliterated it's just well i saw a youtube video it must be true like that's that's where we are now right and it's like what <laughs> do you know that person made that youtube video doesn't you know probably wasn't educated that well and just cobbled together some thoughts you're going to trust that person over someone that studied something for 25 years you know, and well, they said what I like to hear. So. Yeah, it's c- confirming your your biases and worldview versus, you know, people that study things their entire lives and might know a little bit better. But that's okay. But anyway, Alex Trebek sounds like a great guy. Uh, n- no one had anything bad to say about the guy. Uh, here's to you, Alex Trebek, and he died like a week after Sean Connery did, which was funny because we brought him on the podcast a few weeks ago out of nowhere. Sean Connery and they died like a week later after that. We killed them can't kill James Bond. It's impossible. Uh, real quick, Ian, uh, before, before the show started, our little, little not even called prep, we don't even do prep. Some podcasts do prep. We just say, oh, let's start. But uh, we, we discovered that Arcade went up through a, through a Twitter uh, post. Um, they, they have uh, HDMI little, little consoles, like how RetroBit did their Generations console. I had no idea they were coming out with these. So um, there's a couple of them. There's a Mega Man one, which has Mega Man 1 through 6, and it has a six-button controller with Little Mega Man
1: on it. Um, it's an it, awful controller. The controller's terrible. It's it, like it's it's gross. It's actually repulsive to look at. It's a disgusting it's, controller. It's <laughs> like
0: the second Sega Saturn controller, kind of. No. Kind of. The shape. Because there's even space for two triggers sure. at the top. There's, there's space for two triggers, but I don't see if there's triggers on it. I try to find an angle where they got rid of the triggers. Um, so there's that. And then there's also a, a a Namco one with 10 games for 40 bucks, And, you know, there's a the standard. You get your HDMI out. There's a USB in. I said, so I think you can put your own ROMs on because there's emulators in there and play them. And um, I had no idea RK 1UP was going to get into this market. I guess they figured, hey, why not? Everyone else has. We'll do it. Um, and it's Christmas. We can sell them. Are, are we getting to the point where we're just done with these sort of things anymore? Or, or these, like, these little all-in-one
1: I feel like they must be selling it. I mean, to, at some level, for people to keep pumping them out. And I mean, the Mega Man games are popular. One through six is a you know uh, that's a nice little bundle. But you can get that. In, I mean, you can get that Mega Man collection on just about any system for about half that price. And you can play it with a controller that doesn't look like absolute trash. Yeah, I think that's what it is the, the, that D pair looks horrible it looks creaky that that whole oh. controller looks creaky like i feel like you pick that up and you hold it in your hand and you can feel that plastic twist in your hands it's just that cheap
0: why in 2020 shitty plastic are there still d-pads with the circular base underneath the patent ran out on the nintendo's d-pad a while ago you can do a nintendo d-pad on these or or at least you'll need that circular genesis style like why would you think that's better to still have that why
1: i don't know especially
0: for nes platformers it will never be as precise um, as that, and thanks for the uh, six
1: buttons on that uh... six six buttons for Mega
0: Man one through six. Yeah. Well, I guess you can use Turbo on on you know couple or whatever. But the fact that this is also an emulation device, there you go. You can put on Genesis games and Super sure. Nintendo. So for that, but but the Namco one it looked like it was using at the very least. I saw a review of Galga eighty eight was on there, and that was it was looked like the PC Engine ROM. And the Dig Dug one was the arcade, so they're not at least they're not the NES ones at least. The as we know, I hate when these use the NES arcade ROMs. I want to throw something at that point. It's, it's it's horrifying. Is it just ease of use? I mean, that's all I can think of. Well, the emulator, I guess, is cheap on the, on the chip. Whatever, right. it's been around for whatever twenty years on these handhelds. Maybe I don't know. It costs you a little more money maybe to get the the ROMs, the arcade, I don't know. I mean the emula- the emulators themselves, I mean, what's on these things? Like it's MAME, they just took MAME and threw it on the- I don't know. But um yeah. It's just interesting to see that because I didn't think that you would still have these coming out at a pace of, of a of multiple ones a year. But like eh, it's Christmas stocking stuff for forty bucks. It's not it's not horrible. It's not horrifying, right? Mm.
1: Right? Mm? Mm.
0: Alright, were we on SNL on Saturday? Did you see that? I watched it. <laughs> I don't like... like
1: SNL very much,
0: but... Um... We did a Mario 35 uh, little edutainment type uh, sketch, and everyone was texting me, oh my god, they're they're doing a parody of video game years, and I watched it, and I was like, yeah, I could s- see that. It was more like a overview, but... So basically, they they interview some people talking about, oh, is 35 years, what are your memories, and there's like, green, it's a green screen thing, and people are talking about Mario, then there's two people on the screen that may or may not be me and ian a parody of talking about hey it's our it's our you know it's our it's our memories of suit mario brothers and then it it quickly and hysterically sort of uh transitions into a story about some guy's balls popping which is funny uh, and it keeps going back to that so everyone sent that to me on saturday night
1: um and it, it, it was fun it was it was a funny skit I remember taking my bike over to my grandma's house once and riding it up and down the street real fast, and I slipped right off the seat and did kind of the same thing they talk about in the video. Crushed my nuts and then flipped right over the front of the handlebars. Happened so fast I didn't know what happened. Was it a 10-speed? It was... BMX bike? It was... It was some sort of shitty bike, some Huffy, like some BMX yeah, wannabe. Some, bike. Right, exactly. It was some Everyone sort of had the Huffy wannabe bike, BMX wannabe. I'm pretty sure it was a Huffy. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the, the the ninety dollar Kmart specials that that weren't as good as the ones from a bike store, but they were they got the job done. It had two wheels, and you could pedal it. Mine was blue. Mine was like blue, blue finish, blue wheels, blue blue <laughs> blue, blue, blue and like chrome was mine. It got the job done. I rode it for like seven, eight years. I rode it until I got um mountain bike when I was like fifteen. They last. I mean, that, that was fine. The, the mountain bike I had problems because we actually went off road with that, and then that was before, right before shocks and suspension were became standard. They were expensive still, so I broke my rims like three, four times on my mountain bike because <laughs> I'd have shocks on it. They were they so were they just sh- cracked when you would go they, go no, they off something. They would crack, they bend, bend, yeah, and then like they rub up against the that part of the the rim would rub up against the the brakes, the brake pads when it went around. So you had to have someone hammer, basically hammer out or buy new ones. It happened like two or three times. So of course, my rich cousin, Chris, had his um, diamond back with the He had the shocks, of course, because he had to get everything that was brand new. He had the, he had like this $700 mountain bike. Mine was only like $300. Shut up, Chris. I'm not jealous that you got all those Valiant comics that are worth a ton of money in the 90s. Well, they're now worthless.
1: Oh, yeah. Probably worth it. I got ride
0: number three and four. They only made 20,000 of them. Great. Good for you, Chris. You're not actually reading them. Sorry, what was I saying? Super Mario Bros. 35 sketch. Someone actually left a comment. We'll get to it eventually on the uh, the, voice, the the listener voicemails about what would it take to get video uh, game years the '90s back. So so that's what Ryan that comes that up like every year. Every well, well, I mean, this is a voice message. About sure, it. it's like hey, maybe there's someone in the rich out there that, that'll that'll sponsor it. But anyway, so. Uh, yeah that was it in this uh this uh, hectic we'll just say hectic week last week just to go back to the I didn't sleep well for like three days straight last week Neither yeah, did I it was a very nervous time between like Tuesday like and, and Friday I was like this. A, I hadn't watched CNN in like years and all of a sudden I'm watching the masterful John King work that work that board for day, days on end the goat John King
1: i didn't turn on any tv coverage but i was checking the news sites a bit more frequently than i would have liked to john king's like the Alex rebecca working the board it's very calm
0: he's not pretentious he, he gives you the facts straight he, he, you know he t- he doesn't talk down to you but you know he keeps things smooth and casual but you know love john king everyone was, was going going nuts for john king doing this stuff There, there was a there was a meme about like him having nub fingers by the time it was far from working the board so oh, much. Sure. The magic board, you know, he yeah. zooms in on counties and counts, and he knows all the counties in the U.S. somehow. That was a fun thing about people watching the election. It sounds like worldwide, even people are watching the cover. People internationally, wow, I'm learning all, so much about all these different counties in random states in the U.S. And it's like, hey, but in all seriousness, I did almost not cheer up and get misty eyed, um, but to see. People throughout the U.S., not just coming out and voting, in r- record numbers. Um, obviously, that's fantastic, and that should happen every time, not take democracy for granted like we usually do. But all the all the poll workers, all the volunteers, all the people counting the ballots, all the people that are poll watchers, That's that's amazing that people do that. And that's how you have a functioning democracy is having – the people in place i think it's important enough to go out and do those things without that it, it's tough and that's everywhere from alaska to california to michigan to pennsylvania to georgia everywhere
1: people have to do that oh yeah i think counties. everyone that i encountered uh, when i went and voted on on tuesday i mean to be out there doing that especially right now during yeah. covid is, is pretty big and that's they had a and, and they had a really good system down yeah. and it was it was fast and efficient and um yeah I mean kudos to them absolutely the the expression is democracy is messy well it has to be because it's all on our hands versus
0: some sort of authoritarian system where the outcome is known beforehand because you have no say in it like so it's messy for a reason this is is what happens it gets worked out the US is 50 different states widely different geographically um, the US and in terms of demographics and so this is how it happens and every state does their own thing. They have all their different own rules for how when they count the votes, um, when they start, when they start accepting things, when they stop accepting them. So, like I said, it's messy, but we get there. So, but no, I got messy. eyed I was like, oh, look at these poll people in this state, in this state, and in this state, and they're just they're just slaving away counting ballots at like one a.m., two a.m., doing their thing. They're doing their thing for, for the good of the country. getting a little a little tear running down my face there. So. All right. Anything else to add? Wow, the heat kicked on. I didn't turn the heat off. All right,
1: uh, Ian, I'm trying to cook me. The PS5 is loose. The juice is loose. Uh, as a well, two days, two days. It comes out. Comes out on the twelfth. Oh, everyone has it already, though. Yeah, I mean, there's review <laughs> units all over the place, and then and then the Xbox is uh, is, is is what uh, today? I think. Today? Yeah.
0: Um, so the PS5 is getting reviewed everywhere. I saw a Burger King commercial; they're giving it away. They give someone a big, a big burger and a, and a big, and it's like, "Oh, you want a PS5?" And people are going nuts. You see uh, that commercial? No. So we're at we're the next gen right now, uh, with, with the PlayStation, and we have a lot of people coming out with reviews uh, for this thing. Have uh, you read a lot of reviews?
1: I have not. I mean, but everyone seems to be fair. I I haven't read a lot of them, but the general consensus that I read has been positive so far. Um, Games are loading faster. The menu system seems fine. That was a big thing. I saw the loading times were like cut in half or even more sometimes. Yeah. I mean, both of what I've seen on the Xbox and on the PlayStation 5 has been really promising in that regards. Um, You know, especially with I mean, they're mostly playing old games right now you know the previous generation games on it so it's easy for them to do the comparison between say a ps4 and a ps5 or an xbox one and an xbox series (sighs) fucking dumb 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 names dumb names you don't like Um, like the series x or series s or i've already whined about it um but yeah it's it's interesting it's nice to see that I you know it's gonna be the the PlayStation Five will have some truly next gen stuff you know uh, coming out um, and it'll be nice to see how well that runs it'll be a while before we see anything fairly unique on the the Xbox. It's been a while. Oh no, it'll be a while actually. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I'm glad I'm glad people have got them if they want them and they're happy. I honestly probably will not end up with any of these until sometime next year. This
0: is be hard to get them for the first first. Yeah, that's the first part of this, but also it's like, is there a rush t- to get a lot of these right now? I mean, is there really a rush? If, if, if most of these games you can play already, you know. So, I mean,
1: I could be, I, I could, I could, I, I could be. I mean, it's kind of expensive for an impulse purchase, you know. Um, what was it five hundred dollars the PS? 5 Yeah, it's five hundred dollars, five hundred bucks for the for the standard one. But I almost kind of wanted to try to find one this week just so I'd have something to. Freaking talk about it for the rest of the year on the podcast, but um, there's just nothing coming out at launch that seems like something that I would need to have. I want to play the Demon Souls remake, uh, but I'm I I don't, I don't like need to be the first person to do it. So here's a chart. We're going to discuss
0: it, uh, this uh, this article here, but before we get into it, um, there's a chart of the loading times of PS5 versus PS4 here. Because right as of right now, before the exclusives come out that actually use this technology, this is what this is what you're getting out of this, right? So um, some are significant, some are not. I'm looking at it surprisingly. So like Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, cut down from 170 seconds to load it. That's three minutes it takes to load the game to 108. So that's a drop of like uh, like 30 percent, 40 percent, something like that. Red Dead Redemption 2 142 seconds. So that's like two and a half minutes down to uh, a minute 20. So that's like uh, that's almost cut in half right there. Uh, cu- some are insignificant. There's one from let's see, seventy nine. Ghost of uh, Shishima is seventy nine to sixty one. So that's that's a small little little drop, but not huge. So that's what you're getting out of this right now. You get the the solid state drive getting you uh, quick quicker loading into the games. I had no idea some of these games took three minutes to load. I had no clue that like some of Borderlands, Borderlands three took three minutes to load up. Holy crap! What do you you just grab a cup of coffee while you wait? You click.
1: No idea. That's what you use your phone for. That's why we all have zero attention span because you move on to something else. You immediately just pick up something else. So, so this
0: article uh, is from Kotaku Australia. That people, a few people sent this uh, to us about that. It's about uh, you know talk about the frame rate. Look at Miles Morales. It's fantastic. It looks it's performing very well. And then people are saying, Pat, read read the last. Oh, oh! Real quick, the controller. People are liking this controller, this DualSense controller. So yeah, it's like,
1: yeah. People seem to be pretty big on it. That they seem to be
0: really cool. That um, it's got the um, the DualSense, so that the vibration and haptic feedback is a little bit better
1: this time. About yeah, I heard like the triggers do fun stuff and things like that. I, I'm still not sold on the look of the controller, but if it's comfortable, I mean, I'll be fine. The look, it, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same standard layout, right? I mean, yeah. It's it's just it's a little bit. Bigger and rounder, which I think is going to be beneficial for it. I just sure. don't like the the weird white and black. I I'm simply purely talking about aesthetics. I don't like the way it looks.
0: Oh, okay. You don't want to get your Cheeto Cheeto cheese on the on the whiteness there?
1: <laughs> I try to avoid Cheetos when I'm playing games.
0: But does the PS five really matter? Uh so this is why some people sent this article is that um the the reviewer here, and his name is Ian, Ian Walker What's with Ian's writing articles like this? Anyway, Ian from the Atlantic wrote that really bad Nintendo article a few years ago you weren't on the podcast. Um, asking, does the PS5 really matter? Um, so it, the, the article shifts from talking about the PS5 and reviewing it to it's talking about reasons not to be excited about the PS5. It talks about COVID-19, Americans being out of work, talking about the election stuff happening, um, and a new old white man becoming the president, and things like that. And this is why people brought this to my attention because they were like, "This is what? Like, what is this part of the review? What are you doing here?" And um, I can see why you would bring this up in a in a console review, but at the same time, I don't know what part of your audience is here to to read that part of a PS five review. And that's with any entertainment. It's like when you're when you're focusing on an uh, entertainment medium or product, you're there for a specific reason. Um, and this isn't me trying to, you know, bad. It's easy to bash Kotaku. It re- it really is, especially in the past seven eight months when three or four really good journalists have left, and it's already seemingly gone back to the shitter really quickly. Kotaku for a lot of people, um, but we understand that right now the world pretty much sucks in general. I understand that. Ian, I think Ian gets that. We're in a rough spot with a lot of things this year, uh, right now. It's sort of like the understood. You don't. It's you don't have to say it. Back to us. So, to a lot of people, obviously, entertainment is an escape. It's a way to take your mind off things. That's a reason why you you said that. You know, video games this year is it's it's blowing wide open. Yeah, people people need the escape, or we go fucking nuts uh, if we have to be constantly redirected back to reality. And I think that's why people have a problem with this. Is that that it's understood? And at this point, you're telling me a reason not to be something, be excited for something that I'm reading about, the only reason I'm at the article is because I'm, I'm excited about it. Now you're telling me not to be excited about it. And it truly is pretentious. I am um, not. I don't want to take personal shots at, at this person, but uh, I'm going to say to the writer that if you really feel like this is not to be something to be excited about, ask someone else to write the article for you and don't review it. Don't accept the free console that you are going to get reviewed in. You know, this this isn't like shut up and game sort of thing uh but it, it's really spun out in a direction here that i'm just like man okay this is the example when people say get this shit out of you know the coverage like this is like the prime example when i see it because most of the time it's like yeah it has
1: something to do with it this has nothing to do with covering the ps5 to me absolutely nothing uh i mean my take on it goes a couple different places um I read it, and I, I, I see something like this, and I, 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 there's, there's, I, I try to understand where the, the person's coming from, and I think that there was probably some, you know, they've spent a week, two weeks, however many weeks reviewing this system, playing with the hottest new toy, um, trying out new games, and um, as is their job. And I think that there is probably a—I I, 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 want to give the person the benefit of the doubt. And I think that where this part originally came from was perhaps a tinge of their own guilt. Oh, it definitely is when you read it, yeah. Realizing that, okay, this is what I'm doing, and not everyone can do this, and I'm in this position where I can, and that's great. Um, but you need to make sure that your self-flagellation does not turn into— um, Attacking the people who are reading your very article for feeling excited about something. Sure. $500 is not cheap uh, by any means, but it's also not so enormously expensive that it's out of the reach for any number of people who have been looking forward to this, saving for it, and planning for sure. it. Um, as you've said, we all need our escapes right now, and we absolutely do. And um, I, there, I, in, in, People will argue me but I, I don't think there's necessarily a problem with if you have taken the time to save up the money you're allowed you, you don't have to live in misery just because things are miserable. you're allowed to buy yourself something nice you're allowed to buy something that is going to keep your mental health um, up and going if this is your hobby it, it's like I' I'm not I'm not rich. I don't know if I'm going to have hours at my job next week because cases are going up in San Diego, but I still buy records because when I'm at home, I don't want to be stewing in misery. I, I buy something to listen to because it makes me happy and it's in my budget to be able to do such a thing. Um, and I feel like that's unfortunately where how this is being read. It started off as sort of a... Wow, I think you know uh, I'm a little lucky. I've been able to play this, but then you go off and you just list all these reasons why people shouldn't be excited about it, and it's taking the fire out of maybe one of the few things that a lot of people are looking forward to this year. And it's not just PS Five; it can be PS Five, it can be Xbox One, but I think it goes, it, 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 it can be, it can be, this can be what I'm saying can be applied to the purchase of anything during a, a crisis we don't we don't need to just survive we're allowed to try to enjoy yes. our life this is this is not this is not the kardashians bragging about how they went to a private island or oh, had their private party to have yeah. a private party yeah. so they could pretend things were normal for once in their yeah. life when they're living i'm sure a very fine normal rich existence sure. this isn't that this is someone going out and buying an uh, a, a video game, game console a video game console. which we've done for 40 years Right, And yes, yeah. it's expensive. And yes, there are people right now who are suffering and don't have the money and it sucks. But at the same point in time, don't don't rain on someone's parade. There are plenty of people who aren't made of money who are buying this and they're buying it because they know it's going to provide them some respite.
0: Yeah, the, the whole does it really matter argument is like, well, no, if you want to reduce things to it. Me and Ian can be wearing potato, uh, you know, potato sacks right now for clothes instead of having. No, if you want to reduce, sweat, it, none sweatshirt. of the shit
1: we're talking about matters. I no. mean, but that's the problem. You you get into that sort of reductiveness, and suddenly you are left very, very miserable because you realize, yes. shit, none yeah. of it really matters. This is this this gets into a, a
0: sociological conversation or psychology. But I always this is how I try to live my life, or say, you control what you control to the extent you can control it, and then yes, you can think about other things, but you cannot. Let it drive your existence. It does, you're not, a, it's, <laughs> the, the amount of thought you're putting into it has to be proportional, at least at some point, to what you can give back towards that. If not, you're going to be miserable for the sake of being miserable. You can acknowledge things that are bad without making those things that exist miserable to your daily life. Because at the end of the day, that's not going to change anything. You're just acting more miserable. So um, when, I, when I see things like this, I also think about perspective. When it comes to this, because, because yes, things are not peachy right now. Overall, they've been a lot worse in the past for a lot of other people, though, Um, you know, during the Depression, you know, when unemployment was ridiculous, people were still trying to have fun and do things during World War Two, when literally, uh, uh, you know, there's lists in towns of people in World War Two where the people went off to war and came and never came back. Like every town in America, lots of people died uh, from World War Two. And during World War II, though, they still had movies. They still had sports. People still try to get by, even though it was a it was a really bad time uh, then. So, you know, it, it's what this comes down to is that this got through the editorial process, though. This was deemed okay. If I was the editor and saw this, I'd be like, okay, what is this? Um, and so when I when I see people take shots at Kotaku, this is like the prime example. It's like this is it, and I, and so. That's all I'm going to say. This is going to be a whole anti-Takado rant? Kotaku rant? But, yeah, it's really weird to see something like this. If if you really feel like this, you shouldn't be writing about video games. You shouldn't be accepting the free $500 console if you feel guilty about it. Like, you're not going to transfer your guilt onto the audience necessarily, and it sounds like that's what you're trying to do. So, it's just fucking weird.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... I'm 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 not the writer. I, if if you felt like addressing it is simple, I realize people aren't. Not everyone's in the position to buy this, and if you can't, you know you're not missing out on uh, you know uh, you know a brand new world. And if you can get it, it's fun, and I'm enjoying it. You, I mean, you're allowed to acknowledge these feelings, but to take it into a different direction like this and go on about it for multiple paragraphs is questionable.
0: Yeah, come on, Ian. Not our Ian. Come on, Ian got a ps5 people tons of people will be dying to get a ps5 don't be able to get it this holiday season because they don't have the money or they just can't find it you know be happy you're right you're writing about uh, you're writing about a console for a living here i mean that's fantastic that you can do that you are living the dream there buddy things will get better in the world a little bit but at the same time the world's never going to be perfect so if you really want to get tactical there's always going to be shit going on in the world until the world is gone that if you really want to drill down and focus on you can never be truly happy I mean, that's what it comes down to. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: All right, Ian, this is a Kickstarter that came up for an HDMI Nintendo 64 called the Warrior 64. That as of today has less than 10 days left, nine days to go, already reached its goal here. This was something, this is from uh, Intech uh, doing this, Intech Gaming. I was aware that this was going to be uh, coming out eventually because <laughs> I was in communication with with the rep from Intech uh, for uh, I think six, seven months, going back to the spring uh, about this. Uh, but I was not uh, made aware of this Kickstarter and I don't know how it wasn't brought up on the hashtag on Twitter until recently here. So what this is, um, there's two different things you can pledge here. You can pledge to a do-it-yourself kit to, to basically mod your N64. It's an, uh, it's a board that converts it to HDMI out. So that's the one tier you can get. And that tier is, let's see, what's that tier at here? Uh, $95 us. Uh, so that's the kit there. And you get a gamepad with that for 95 bucks,
1: which is like a Hori Mini. I was going to say, it looks, like the, it looks like a recreation of the Hori Mini. Which a few different companies have done. Uh, RetroBit's done one. Yeah. Um, Hyperkin uh, basically used that design for their wireless controller. Yeah. So that's the first thing that's available. But what's, what's more interesting than me, because there are other do-it-yourself
0: kits available on the market here, which we'll talk about in a bit. But there's also a tier 4, Getting just a console, a, a, a prefab console that's HDMI uh, on here, and that tier was at 150, 150. There's it's limited to about five hundred. It looks like here. Well, let's see. It's limited to five hundred black and five hundred green. So with that, you get uh, the console. You also get the Warrior sixty four gamepad, and it they they did their own new shell their own new console shell. Right. That's a little more angular. It just looks a little bit different.
1: It looks uh, I'm not sure what they were going for, but if they wanted to make something that looked polygonal and looked of the era, it 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 screams that for me. I I don't know how to put it. I don't know that I personally like the design, but I think it's a design it fits. that it, it's a des- uh, yes, it's a design that conveys ver- it, 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 it that's that screams 32-slash-64-bit polygonal gaming.
0: You wouldn't be, have been surprised if Nintendo did that design.
1: Like, it's almost like that could have No, it, fit. yeah, it does, it very much oh. fits. I'm not a, like, yeah, exactly. I'm not a huge fan of it, but it definitely fits. So, so the question to me now is um,
0: because it's not entirely clear what's inside the console. Um, I assume, obviously they made their own, their own, uh, their RGB board. Board, right. And then... HDMI co- board. Converting it to the HDMI out, right? Mm. What the heck is in this? When I spent one hundred and fifty dollars, what am I actually getting? Is it is it regular N sixty four guts, and then you put you, you put this do it yourself kit in there, and then they they solder it for me, and then gave it back to me in the, in the new console shell, or is it a whole new N sixty four board they made in here, a clone board, like a clone board, right? With, with that includes the RGB to you know, to HDMI. What is going on here? And as a as of recording, I emailed them asking for clarity on that, and I haven't heard back yet. Uh, Because at $150 with a controller, um, there's not a huge amount of margin there for Intech if they took the guts of of a pre existing console. Right. They had to source a bunch, uh, they had to source a thousand N64s and then mod them themselves, which takes time. That's annoying. Take the shells off, put the new shell on. And then send it out like that's a lot of work, and not a, and plus a controller for one hundred and fifty dollars. That's like that's a pretty damn good deal at one hundred and fifty dollars when you look at it
1: like that. Yeah, I mean uh, uh, one hundred and fifty dollars for a, a modded N sixty four is great with provide, the controller. With the controller is see how do I how do I phrase this properly? It to me it would be great like if, if you were just selling an N sixty four that was pre modded controller, mod board, everything, 150 bucks. I think that would probably be a very good price. Sure. Um, so, is that what we're getting here? If so, then I think that's pretty good, but I have problems with cannibalizing old systems sure. to make new systems. If it's not an N60, if it's not cannibalized n64 parts what the heck's in there what's the compatibility like and is it worth the money that you're spending exactly those are my questions
0: because I, I go on ebay and it looks like you can buy ones that are modded with the board because you can buy these boards so the, the one that uh my source told me about um it, it's the n64 rgb bo- rgb board and it costs you 55 australian pat math, it's like 40 dollars us where they send you the rgb board you get it you mod it yourself and you do the hdmi out and there you go so on ebay you can buy a a modded one for 160 dollars just an n64 console with the board probably inside and it has the hdmi out uh on it so when you look at that you're like yeah this is a damn good deal if 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 it's using original n64 guts and then i have problems (laughs) then you have problems because it's like why are you where, cannibalizing it? Where did you Where did you find a thousand to keep the cost down? Because because right. Ian, what's the, wh- wh- I'm thinking they must have gone since they're based in uh, Hong Kong, the, or they go to a bunch of junk shops in Asia to, to see if they can find them for like 20 bucks each US, and then uh, at that point, then you're making you're making some profit margin with the board, you know. And then but then it's your time, and the controllers don't cost a huge amount if you get them in bulk uh, made. But um, yeah, I, that's all I'm thinking about here. Now I'm thinking about. Would have been better, I guess. The, maybe it would have been a lot more money to make your own clone board. No one's done it yet, as as a, as a that we know of, a clone N sixty four board. So, right, Hyperkin talked about having one, but forever,
1: it's it's never come out.
0: Yeah, or they thought it was going to be an emulation, base, but so this is why I'm like, this is cool. But yes, the cannibalizing potentially is what bothers. I think the both of us at that point. Right. Plus, it's not a sustainable business model. You can't you can't spell, sell ten thousand of these go out and, 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 and get rid of all the you know aftermarket N sixty four
1: uh consoles. Well and I think that's what the I mean that's why the, the the kit exists. You can buy the kit with the board and the shell and all that and do it to yourself. I'd do it to your own console. Um and put it in there and, and that's why I think I, I'm leaning towards it's probably cannibalization of consoles because to have you would have to have your clone board printed to the exact same specifications as the original board to be able to you know sell a shell that you can fit your old N64 board into after it's been modded
0: sure and then plus when you look at the spacing of the controller ports and everything it's like yeah they probably just took out the old shell they, they, they soldered it and put it back in but it's a thousand of them though it's a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, there. That's a lot of work. As of, as we're recording this, they've got 110 people that back the green console which is like the see-through jungle and then the smoky uh they call it the black but it's like the smoke uh one. They have that one has 159 backers. So a lot of a lot of ones left here. Like I said, I'm interested in this. But it, I guess it's the ethical issue of the cannibalization of parts versus. I mean, that's the only way they can do it. Uh so yeah, it's up to you guys if you want to if you want to get the kit, but keep in mind uh, we have to be transparent. Kits like this exist, already.
1: Oh yeah, this isn't this isn't
0: brand new. They just took it to the ex, ex, next step, offering you the console in a. In a not, I like these shells a lot, and you get the controller thrown in. Uh, what do these controllers usually go for? Just in general, what's a retrobit
1: one? Retrobit for? stuff is usually like twenty bucks, I think.
0: Let's see, retrobit NC4, They charge twenty five bucks for their twenty five. It's called the tribute sixty four. It looks roughly. It's roughly the same thing, and there's the retro fighters one as well, which is twenty five dollars. That's the fighting version one, um, as well. So, all right, it's it's like a twenty five dollar value on here. So you spend, you get like you're getting the console for one hundred and twenty five, only, retail, which is damn good, at that point. If they're selling the the the, the, the mod, uh, kit itself for uh, what was it ninety five, that's you're only paying, you're only paying thirty bucks more for the console, at that
1: point. That's like really. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around around the pricing here. It's almost like no. Too- that's I mean that's where I'm having trouble too because okay. especially right now in 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 pandemic times, N64s are not thirty dollars. No, just for the console alone. I mean, sixty bucks at least. I would say. They they must have. Well, they, oh, this is pre-pandemic.
0: They must have knew this was coming a year ago. Then if, if if these are cannibalized and went out and just sourced them from all over. Sure. Went to junk shops, maybe some places in Japan where they they have them stacked up because we've seen some of those. You know, some of those uh, stores are being sold or storage units where they are stacked up, the N64s. I mean, I've owned the, the mo- most amount of N64s I've owned at one time. I probably owned nine or 10 from sure. the swap meet. When you may be like, these be like 20 bucks. You get N64 yeah. for 20 bucks from the swap meet. So it's possible, but not not in this past six, seven months, so It's a little bit tougher uh, to get these. So anyway, so check it out here. If you're up for the console, check it out or, or the, the do it yourself kit. But like I said, the kits exist, they have existed. Um, like I said, you can get prefabbed, looks like modded ones on eBay as well, but they're more money than it, what this one with a custom shell, you know, and controllers. That's why I'm still thinking about like, this is either a great deal or, or the shenanigans going on with this. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. All right. Uh, Ian, are are you down with
1: the TikTok? Are you on doing your, your 15 second wacky? No, I don't have a TikTok account. And- uh I, I I can't I could not video you, myself. You don't think you can get more exposure for the store by doing wacky Ooh, no, game no, store no, TikToks. No, no. Uh uh So GameStop is being gross again uh as we head into <laughs> Black Friday. Uh GameStop has announced that they are doing a TikTok challenge. Uh, for the company. Uh, Be creative, rope in your team, and have fun with it. Don't worry, you can't look as bad as the event team does, reads the prompt for GameStop's latest employee contest, the Incisive TikTok Dance Challenge. Um, I'm reading this off of Kotaku. Stores are supposed to send their best red wine challenge videos. Any dance routine that's set to UB 40s red, red wine. Okay. The, the, the song from 30 years ago? Yeah. To the marketing firm Incisive, the winning store, here we go, will get awarded an Echo 8, Echo Auto, $100 Visa gift card, and 10 additional labor hours to use during Black Friday week. It's what? that last part that really gets me. So I don't know what an Echo 8 or an Echo Auto it's, it's are. A, it's an Amazon, like, tablet-type device. Okay. It looks like. smart. It's a smart device. Visa gift card in 10 additional labor hours. First of all, wait, wait, it's one gift card for the whole store? Or is it per employee? uh, The winning store will get an Echo 8, an (laughs) Echo Auto. (laughs) What are you going to arm arm wrestle for the prizes? It's just the tip of the bad iceberg here. So this is awful uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I promise you, no one likes doing this shit. They do it because the managers make them do it. And they're like, look at all the happiness that's going on in this horrible job. They love working here. They hate you for making them do this. They do. No one wants to fucking take part in a TikTok dance challenge for their fucking job. And someone's going to come at me and be like, well, I, okay, fine. Maybe you would. But no one really wants to 85% do 85% don't want to do this, we'll just say. We'll, we'll, we'll- the majority of people <laughs> walking into their minimum wage job do not want to be told to fucking dance for money. Like a shitty entertainer. It's fucking... It's... Awful. Just so that GameStop Corporate could then like string S- these
0: together and, and, and laugh at them in their fucking org. And, and then pat meetings. themselves on the back oh, and be
1: like, look, look at the culture of fun. Look at the culture yeah. of, fun. At at the culture we of fun we foster. They love working here. I oh, can feel God. okay while I go and eat Thanksgiving dinner and they slave away on Black fucking Friday. It's horse shit. Dance for me, poors. That's what they're fucking saying. Imagine what you can do with
0: all those prizes, the contest reads.
1: Well, so, and then, and then we get to the last part. You can win 10 additional labor hours. Hey, so do this contest so you can win the ability of having someone else come in on Black Friday, so it's not so fucking shitty because you're going to be understaffed, because that's how it works, even on even at places like uh, even on Black Friday corporate places particularly have a set number of hours they can schedule they have a hour sure. they have a budget of hours they can use sure. because the more hours you schedule of course the more money you're paying and they don't want you to do that so there's always in all jobs but especially corporate ones there's always that um there's always that shit from up top to get your hours down lower so you're competing just for the ability to work on black friday so it'll give it a, a, a one or two employees a, a
0: handful of hours to come in that weekend or on Black Friday to help out. Maybe they need those hours, so it benefits. I'm trying to... It benefits them, and it benefits the store because the store sure. will be run better, but it's They're still... allowed to have extra hours so that everyone kind of wins more money. It's it's less stressful. You, you win the ability sure. to have a less shitty Black Friday. And someone may have wanted to work a few hours who couldn't now gets that money. So if it comes down to $200... Basically, to the store, to the employees, basically. If it's $20 an hour, we'll just say, no, it's 10 hours. not,
1: but yeah. I'm just, I'm just yeah, saying, I, mean, I get yeah, it.
0: It's $200. You're winning $200 that you can dole out to your employees on that day. Maybe one person works six hours, maybe a few people work three hours each. That's nothing. 10 hours. That's nothing. That's not like 30 hours or 40 hours that you get made for the weekend. That would be nice. Maybe you get an, an extra employee on each day from Thursday to like that would be something. 10 hours is fucking
1: nothing. And then you look at it. And, and like one we, store. And like we one said. One store. One store. And it says the store gets awarded an Echo 8, and Echo Auto, a $100 Visa gift card in the 10 additional hours. So after you make your employees dance like fucking chumps. One store. After you make your employees dance like chumps. And you get the rewards. I guarantee you, what any manager is going to do. Then it's going to be who's going to sell the most fuck all subscriptions to something or another during Black Friday. Oh, is who's going to get yeah. the most? Who's going to get the most pre-orders? We're going to make it fun. So you don't even oh, get the prizes you win. God. You just get to compete for those prizes again and really piss off all of your coworkers. And this isn't one store per district. It's, it's or- such an awful, awful idea.
0: What, how many stores are in are North America? I
1: don't know.
0: Uh, four, like f- four hundred or whatever was to say. Yeah, probably one store GameStop. You're, you're like one store. Like this is enraging. If this was like, oh, we're gonna pick one store per for general manager area or whatever district, so it comes out to like what we'll say fifty stores or a hundred stores. Okay, this is bullshit. It's fucking gross on every level. But the fact that it's one store that I have the amount of money. Of, this, of these products, like in my wallet, I could pay out what corporate is paying out for this contest. That's how bad this contest is. This is like $400 worth of stuff. I, I guess the Echo Eights are probably like $100, whatever. This is like 300 to $400 worth of shit that you're giving to one store.
1: Be creative. Rope in your team and have fun with it. It's, it's rope like, in your team. Badger your team until they finally break down and say, fine, we'll fucking dance for three minutes. Oh, there's one. Here's a clip of one on here
0: on TikTok. Not oh, doing oh, oh, this is the red, red wine
1: one. Yes, that's what we said. But they're doing the Macarena. No, I'm, That's fine. I'm not watching it. You can't or, make me watch it. Or something it. like, it's fucking awful. I won't do that to them.
0: I am so glad, Ian. I am not working uh, retail in the social media age. Because I can imagine uh, good old Suncoast pulling shit like this if, if if I was at Suncoast in 2020. I can so picture that. Because that's, that's the closest analogy to me working at I would have been Suncoast um, doing something like this. Oh, act out your favorite scene from a movie for a chance to get a free gift card to buy a VHS tapers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your mind just goes blank. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It's 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 humiliating, to a small extent. It's infuriating because it's only one store, not even one per state. It's 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 absolutely insane. And like I said, you're,
1: you're totally winning prizes that the store manager is then going to hold over your head potentially. Yeah, to, uh, potentially yeah. to to make you who wants the extra hours, who wants to come in and make a little more money.
0: Who wants the Echo? Who wants the Echo? Well, we're going to see who gets the most pre-orders. Yeah, you, you, if you do, if you do the more most pre-orders, the, I'll give you this gift card. At, but, uh, by Christmas, it's like so you can't even use the gift card.
1: It's gross. It's just
0: uh, it's how, gross. how many employees probably work a, at the at a standard GameStop? How many different employees do they have? Probably like six or seven. Probably say five to six. Yeah. So there's not even barely enough prizes to give one each Echo Eight. Echo Auto, which goes in your car, the gift card. There's only three prizes. There's three so like, actual there's prizes, for pri- the actual so, hours. So you could even you could even give one to each employee.
1: If I, you divided <laughs> those hours up into two five-hour shifts, you could, I guess, theoretically make sure everyone got something. But that's not, but it's not a prize to work more. It's just that
0: I'm working more. It's not a pri- I mean, If that's where you're at, where it's a prize to work more during Black Friday or that weekend, I mean, that's not a good job. I, I know that we we say working at GameStop can suck, uh, but that's wow, woo. I got more angry the more we got into this. I thought, okay, this is bad, but now I, I got actually more angry.
1: No, it's horse shit. Uh, and I really, I, I, uh, I, 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 I genuinely... I feel for anyone a GameStop. I feel for you. I genuinely hate this shit. The whole, um, it, it, it's all to make corporate look good. So they can take these snapshots and be like, look how much they love working for us. When they're talking shit about you the entire fucking time because you had this horrible hey. idea.
0: Hey GameStop, you you haven't got anyone that was going to buy out your your your, your company before this, this isn't going to help you, you sell your company. That, oh, well, look at the morale of our customers do, doing doing the TikTok. Our corporate culture. AutoZone guy said, hey, ah! you know what's popular? TikTok. Let's let's get them all on the, on the TikTok. And I tell you what, you're not going to get uh, the TikTok generation to come into your fucking GameStops either by seeing this. They're going to say, well, this is fucking lame. I'm going to go buy my games on, on my console on, on the store anyway. I'm not going to go into a GameStop. Uh, to buy so like that strategy that thought that could have been the
1: strategy Ian, like well, we're going to market to the zoomers uh via tiktok but you they're not coming into your store anymore they're not i might so, pop my head in and say sorry your manager made you do that but then that's that's about it if you're a 16 year old tiktoker like yeah i saw it. it's really lame i'm just gonna say hi and, and, and go by at that point <laughs> holy shit yeah know, nothing else to say about that just just dog shit all around Woo! And this is, and the
0: best part about this, Ian, that we come back to this. We already know next year they're going to be closing at least hundred plus more stores. They're just keeping them open so they can get as much possible sales from the consoles right mm. before Christmas. So imagine you go through this horseshit, you dance like a monkey for your corporate overlords, and then hey, guess what, Ian? We're going to close your store in like February or like March. It's you're done. Awful. It's demeaning. It's disgusting. And I'm not saying... Obviously, it's going to be a shame when, if uh, GameStop closes down because you have a bunch of employees. But when you see it run like this...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I always say I don't want people to lose their jobs, but holy shit, just fucking put the nail in this coffin. Just shoot it and put it in the, two in the back of the head. Just put it out of its misery.
0: If, if, if someone else isn't going to buy it or if Amazon's not going to buy it and keep them open, or I don't know who's going to buy these stores, these storefronts. At least in North America, I don't know who's going to buy them. They're going to keep them elsewhere, probably in Europe and, and other parts of the world. They'll probably always have some Game Stops uh, around in some way, shape, or form. But and here, they're mostly going to be gone. All right, is that it on that? Yeah. I got more angry the more I thought. I, I went. There. No, I, I thought. I think I was going to get that angry. Then I got the more. I thought about. It, I got more angry no, it's, about it's that. It's Truly gross. It's awful.
1: It's it's it's, it's disgusting. Yep. Alright, Ian, we have a, we have a Patreon, don't we? We do. Patreon.com slash C U podcast. What do you get there? I'll tell you what you I, get there. You get I, a writing once a week, you get the full video podcast, uh, we do hangouts, probably do mine next week, and uh, you get to vote in these polls. I'm doing my TikTok dance, Ian. That's we get we get extra podcast hours if we win. It's gross. Um we can
0: allot hours. Tell us about the poll topics. <laughs> tell us about it. Your will to live just dropped after that
1: game yeah. stop oh, it's sad. Imagine if Trey did that to you guys. I'd <laughs> be like, bud, that's a good way to bury this 14-year
0: friendship. I'm out. All right. Third place, besides Super Mario 35, what game games could make? good bet out Royale games. I thought they would have won by now, 22%. In second place, I've got ideas. 32%. What do you miss about gaming conventions? Thirty percent And in first place, Ian, patient gaming. Not in a hospital patient. Patient gaming. Playing new games, but at a fracture, fraction of the cost. The pros and cons of that approach to gaming, being a patient gamer.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it. That's usually how I get into the new systems. I don't necessarily wait a whole generation like some people do, which I think this question originally talked about. Wait, like
0: several years?
1: Right. Um, but it is always great. Uh, I, I, I've i purchased the only system I've purchased systems very close to launch close enough to launch that for the purposes of this conversation, I'd say that I bought them at launch. I think I've only bought the Dreamcast itself on actual launch day um, Gamecube was if it wasn't launch day it was within a couple weeks um, and it's fun it's you know it's great to be um. Uh, it, it's it's fun to be current, you know. You get to be in those conversations. Uh, it's, you're it's, hip with the kids. You're hip with the kids, exactly. Did you play that new Grand Theft Auto? Um, so yeah, every, everyone <laughs> likes to be able to talk about their hobbies uh, currently. But there are just so many games that it does. And, and money's not infinite. Not everyone's got money. It's not always easy to um, find the reason to buy the the, the new system. Um, so there's. I got into. I bought my 360. I think two years after it came out. Whenever, whenever Pac Man CE came out, I bought my PlayStation 4. Um, no, leave me alone. Okay. Um, I bought my PS4 about a year and a half after it came out. I bought my PS3 multiple, multiple years after it came out. I well, that my, was so expensive. The PS3. I bought my. I bought my PS3 like two years before it was not. Uh, producing more? Yeah, I bought it like I bought it in the last two years. I think it was, it was made. So like two or three years. Or 14. Um, yeah, who knows? Um, but it's great because, A, the system is cheaper, but you get to make use of the used game market, which is fantastic. Um, and there's, there is a unique joy to being able to buy current games, um, like modern games come out at 60 or now 70 bucks but the popular ones are are usually uh you know 25 to 30 bucks as long as they sell sold well within six months they don't hold that price forever especially for in a these, physical market yeah for the physical market what's a physical game um so yeah it's a lot of fun to be able to get pick up that new system to you, and then go ape shit on the used game rack. And um, I, that's when I buy a new system, that's when I oftentimes will buy games that I might not have uh, considered purchasing at any other previous time. Because I'm like, I'm saving so much money on this, I'm just going to start picking stuff up so I can have a small library to start with. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you get three or four games for the price of one. Uh, so... Um, and then t- t- to further that, um, I have seen customers, I think some of my customers have the most fun when they pick up a system that they've never owned and it's like a generation or two behind. Um, I've had regular customers uh, during this pandemic pick up uh, Xbox 360s because they've never had them. And I mean, games are 3 to $5 a piece. I mean, they're just, they're worthless. So, I mean, people are just buying everything and trying everything and they just keep coming in and like they'll trade that game back to me and I'll give them two bucks in credit or two fifty in credit for it and they'll buy more games it's like and- you're renting them yeah that's kind of what it is that's I mean like at, that, at that price it is it's like having all of these insanely good rentals um, at, your, uh, at, at your at your fingertips um, I've never owned an original Xbox and there are that's games- like the one thing I haven't owned either and there are games for it that I want to play and I've almost been putting off buying an original Xbox because, uh, and I was thinking of this when this question came up, I will probably have the same amount of fun. There is there is some exclusive stuff. It, it doesn't have to be good stuff, but there's just stuff on there that I've never played and never experienced. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it would probably be fun to take an original Xbox home from work and a stack of games yeah. for a couple weeks and just blow through them. It's um, a new frontier. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's uh, you know, a huge benefit to being patient on it. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, hey, this is your hobby. If you've planned for it and you've got the money, it's okay to be current on it. I personally don't see the point right now in going out and buying a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox One, but if you do, good for you. Um, That said, I know that in a year's time, when I finally get a PlayStation 5, I'm going to have a lot of fun taking advantage of all the cheap used stuff that you people have already bought and played through. What do you mean, you people?
0: (laughs) Um, When I see this, I think about um the type of people that play games and i go back to like if you are the person that was playing all these games brand new when they come came out then you are what Ian and i you know not sarcastically but you know affectionately call you're the gamer like you got to buy these things right when they come out you have that lifestyle to be able to play all these games when they come out like that's that's what that's that's what you do that's what you do it's not just your hobby it might be your lifestyle if that's, if, if you, that's what you have because of these games take like 70 hours to beat these games when they come out or 50 hours or 40 hours like that's just a lot of time not that you can't do anything else but it makes it tougher to do something else besides that and a lot of people aren't like that a lot of people will, will buy a console you know they'll buy a console and they'll buy like that you know the heavy hitter here and there but they don't have time to, to have like 6-7 games at once going on so they're going to have to come back later on uh, to some of these games uh, when I t- when I looked at this though, um, I thought about retro gaming. Is obviously is is this? You're a patient gamer. You didn't know about this stuff when it came out, because you're talking about errors when. Scott, we talked this one time about what, what, when we thought there was the most different number of systems on the market, probably the mid-90s.
1: Mid-90s, like you 10, got
0: this. Ten different fucking consoles or systems. You've
1: now. got the Genesis, the Super Nintendo, the 3DO, the Jaguar, the Sega CD, and CDI. those add-ons, if you want to call it Game those, the Game Boy. CDI, Game Boy, Game Gear. Uh, at the tail end of the 90s, you had the Neo Geo Jaguar. Pocket. Jaguar. I said, yeah, said Jaguar. Sega
0: CD if you want to count it. 32. Yep. You had more than 10 platforms. So we look at that... I don't know if Links was still kicking around in the mid-90s. Probably not. Um,
1: no, I feel like it was probably done
0: by... Back them. then... You wonder why only a couple of companies survived, you know, out of all the because there's 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 only so much gaming that the, the, the that the marketplace needs, right? There just there just is you, to segment it out that many ways
1: doesn't make any sense. So we, well, we, we, yeah, we finally learned what the, the the critical number of consoles is that people can actually care three. about at any one given time. It's three, and even that's like well, two of those are also three, and that's with one of them being that's a different it. market, and then two being very similar. Yeah. Um, that's all. Then you have
0: the smartphone market, which is different, and PC blends a little bit. But um, So you have to be uh, not just patient, it's discovery, because there's just too many things to learn about. But even with modern consoles, there's too many things to learn about, because now you have indie games that are is a whole thing in and of itself, right? An indie, an indie game come out, and if you're a person not... I'm thinking of the person that is not always... Like, me and you know, I or video games, we know about what news is coming and current. You know, you will yell at me because I don't know enough about modern games. But at least I know what's out there kind of. A lot of people don't follow everything tooth and nail even if they buy a console. They may not be always on social media, always know what's coming up. It's got to be fed to them somehow that this stuff is happening. So in that respect, they may not know that like some indie darling comes out and is a hit. They may not know about it. Maybe they discover that three years later, four years later, someone tells about them. There's just no way of, of keeping track of all these things, so it's a necessity to be a patient gamer. I, I, even if you think you're playing everything that's coming out brand new, you're going to things are going to fall through the cracks. There's just too many games. There's more games being made now probably than ever before with indie games. There's just everyone's making games. Everyone yeah. is. Games come out that are great, and then you know, no one discovers them on Steam or on you know on the eShop. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, so discovery is impossible for a lot of these games um obviously it's it's cheaper to wait obviously in general um but yes there is cons you don't you're not like you said, you're not you're not with with the here and now about oh this came out everyone's enjoying animal crossing I gotta get in with that community if you wait a year or two it'll still be fun it won't be as fun uh, that's, that you're, you're missing out on, on these special events or everyone discovering
1: things at the same time. There's there's less that's new to you. Yeah, I mean, I think one of my uh, great examples of that for me is um, Portal. I got to Portal. Portal. Oh. yeah, I got to Portal later than everyone else did. And uh, it was great because I got it for like five bucks and played through it and loved it. But when I played it, and this was before Portal 2, even came out so i'm not talking like super recently but it was well after the game came out uh there is a bummer like i get real excited about like whoa this game is fucking this does great stuff with narrative like this is a really interesting game and everyone's like yes yeah thanks we We know know. yeah we know the cake and stuff yeah you 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 don't get to have that same discovery as everyone else
0: yeah that's the thing but i think i think most people probably don't if you cared about that much you would have played it already though right And I hate to say a lot of this stuff is, even if you don't play a lot of these modern games, I always say this, because the gameplay of a lot of these games is uh, freely available online to to see, especially if it's a story-based game. Sure. You can go on YouTube and watch it. You can go on Twitch and watch someone play through these games, or, or, or an archive. So it's a lot different even now versus 10 years ago, in terms of play it right away, or else you you never get to see it. Even you can always experience these things. Like I'm sure I can go online, like and, and, and look at the Untitled, uh, you know, Goose Game and, and watch someone play it. It Won't be the same as me playing, it, but I can at least watch someone. Oh, it's fun! Look at that. That's what everyone's talking about there. All right. Anything else to add? No. Yeah, that was, that was that was educational. Just that we were patient. All right, let's go to the voice messages first, and we'll see if we will get to the to the Q and A here. All right, so anyway, you can you can leave us, audience, the audience, you guys out there. That hopefully like us, or at least you hate to watch us out there. You can leave us voice messages at uh, anchor.fm slash the cu podcast. You can leave us voice messages, and then we'll play them. Maybe every week, maybe maybe every other week. We'll see how they slow down. But we got some uh, some to play here uh, for you. The first one here is from uh, let's see, Phil Bowser, not not the Bowser. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Phil big fan of the podcast question for pat is um what are your like top three or so most challenging nes games that you have actually beaten and completed and for ian a little bit different what are like three or so of your favorite original game boy titles thanks a lot guys
1: want to go first uh yeah i can go first um kirby's pinball land is absolutely at the top of my list i love it um, I have played that game uh, during blackouts. I've played that game when I was sick. I've played that game traveling. Um, I have played that game fairly consistently since it came out. Uh, it's I almost always have a copy of it. Um, it's cheap, and it's just a really good time. Um, Burger Time Deluxe is, I think, uh, it's the best version burger time and it's absolutely perfect uh, on the go Um, the levels are a little bit smaller Uh, they're easier to manage Um, the AI is not ridiculous uh, and it looks really good for a Game Boy game and then uh, third I'll say uh, Castlevania Adventure 2 Belmont's Revenge Um, the first Castlevania Adventure is trash and Castlevania Legends is not very good um, but Uh, Belmont's Adventure is great. The level design is awesome. The graphics are good. Um, I play the first one. Graphics are good. Music is banging in uh, Castlevania Adventure 2. So that's another good one. I could go on uh, about Game Boy all day, but those those off the top of my head are definitely some of my favorites. Most challenging NES games,
0: uh, to me, it's going to come back to uh, Ninja Gaiden. That, that Jesus Christ Ninja Gaiden So it has to be ones I actually beat Ninja Gaiden Probably used an emulator the First time I beat it I'm Trying to think if I ever beat it Without an emulator I might have once uh, Wait there. did he
1: say you had to have beaten them? I think
0: he said I had oh, to have okay. beaten them uh, cause, I, I, so, Cause I Cause I never I, I definitely While well, I beat Ninja Gaiden 3 I had to use save states Otherwise it's like fucking impossible Because of the lack of continues and everything With that Um Top secret episode. I always say that that was difficult. That's more about the mazes, but those mazes suck, especially when you're eight years old, nine years old. And then another another difficult one. I want to say Zelda Two was, was was is very challenging. Zelda
1: Two uh, is the, is, a, is a is a very hard game. And then combat the combat. The end of it is a is a grind because you want to make you want to get as many lives as you can when you're heading into um the temple or heading whatever. to that final palace palace. And uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, I love Zelda too, but it's not a it's not a kind game. Four and a half stars you gave it, according to certain. I, I, oh, I, I don't get me wrong. I think it's, it's, not,
0: a, it's not a real Zelda game. I think boy. it's a
1: fantastic game, but it, it is very very difficult. Hey, Pat, and Ian, this is Brendan from over in Massachusetts. Uh, I tune in weekly, listen to your podcast, usually while I'm working. Um, oh. my question was for Ian. What's your favorite Riichi Mahjong game and have you ever played Zhongbu, which is kind of like Riichi meets Arkanoid? And would you ever do an arcade style Mahjong stream? Cheers dudes. Um I'm typing in this Jong because that sounds very good. Um so my favorite Riichi Mahjong games um Okay, if you want to go like a more professional, like a uh, proper like Mahjong game. Um, I really like the Kiwami 2DX on the PlayStation 2. Um, really good game with great AI. Um, excellent presentation. Uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about Mahjong here, so it's not like uh, it's not like you need the graphical power of a modern system to do it. You can totally have some ray the, trace that those tiles. <laughs> you can totally have really um, good games on some of these older consoles. So that's one that I always, um, I always lean on uh, for um, like the professional type of game. As far as like the more cartoony or like the cheesecakey strip mahjong games, oh, I think the oh. best one. Um, so and I should I should state Kwami Two DX is. Uh, it's a four-player Mahjong game. Um, I really like the... Uh, um, Super Real Mahjong is a series that's um, on the PC Engine. It's on Japanese PCs. That's more of like a strip Mahjong game, and it's one-on-one, what they sometimes call battle Mahjong. Um, uh-huh. So it 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 fudges the rules a little bit. You're still making the same hands and stuff, but you're only against one opponent. Um, the Super Real Mahjong Perfect Collection on... Um, uh Neo Geo Pocket Color is really good. One of the reasons I like it is it's one of the few Mahjong games that actually gives you uh difficulty options. Um a lot of the early battle mahjong style games don't give you difficulty options and because you're competing to see women in various states of undress, uh they make it really hard to grind through those. Oh they, games. Oh, they make it hardy. <laughs> they, yes. they
0: make it very Oh hard. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh
1: so it's nice to have difficulty options in that one. It's a it's a pretty decent game to um, learn on. But yeah, tons of good mahjong games. Um, yeah, I would probably stream mahjong again at some point. I had uh, before. Uh, I probably will again in the future. Um, I just I rarely feel comfortable streaming, so it's got to be the right time.
0: This is from oh I won't I won't tell you who it's from until the question comes in here.
1: My man just got back from pre-ordering the new. Uh... In television amico got that thing so but now really i just call and let you know pat i saw that uh paypal just did a deal where they're going to start dealing cryptocurrency so after your last podcast uh your take on crypto how do you feel about that now you more optimistic or pessimistic and how will crypto
0: look in the gaming market you see anything with that gambling or dlc love the podcast keep it up g's up you guys out so the, the name of this person well, excuse me. This is—I think they, they left another message, but cryptic crypto—it was was the message name on here. So yeah, because I, I I trashed it uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Then like next day, PayPal says we're going we're going to accept Bitcoin. PayPal will accept dirty socks as money. They don't care because they're taking their percentage no matter what it is. So it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll accept whatever there. Um, it's not. It's not. Them saying, "Oh, we think this is going to be stable or take off." It's like, we know that people are going to be trading this form of currency. We're going to take our whatever three percent. That's yeah, what it is. I don't.
1: It, it's 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 them saying we've gotten to the point where we can ensure that we get our money from this, so that's okay. But sure, I, I would not. I would not take that as a necessarily as a a sign of uh, acceptance. It's not, it's, it's
0: not an endorsement. No, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not an endorsement. Yeah, like, yeah, I would take crypto uh, through through my my web like my like, like my web store has uh, like Amazon payments, PayPal. Like, a, there's a few others you can sign up for uh, for there. Yeah, I, I'll take it if I'm guaranteed that rate of return is not going to change the fucking second they, the, the payment goes through because it's so volatile. Uh, Bitcoin, like th- that's something I, I don't know how they're going to square because every day it bounces around. Uh, so, all right, uh, thanks for the question. There, let's see this one here.
1: How's it going, y'all? This is Nick from Virginia. Um, this question is directed at Ian, but Pat, you can answer too if you uh, are able to. Um, Ian, I know you're a big uh, psychedelic-type guy, and I was just kind of curious what games uh, <laughs> you enjoy tripping to, if you have. Um, I've really had a lot of fun with games like F-Zero and Tetris Effect, oh. um, but uh, yeah, just curious about uh, what you like to trip to, if you have. Yeah. Um, Thanks for a great show, y'all. Take care and have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. It's a fun question. Um, So I should state that uh, I I have not tripped in many years. I did a lot when I was younger and through into my 20s. Uh, It's not that I wouldn't now, but it's something that it's not like getting high or having a couple of beers. You got to set aside the hours for something like that. You know, I... Rule of thumb: Give yourself five hours with mushrooms. Give yourself eight to twelve with LSD. Hey,
0: mushrooms are legal now in uh, what state? Passed? That they're hour? not.
1: They're not legal. They're decriminalized. <sighs> okay, I'm you're just good. saying. It's, 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 it's as good as legal. You, you can get <laughs> get the kit and grow them at home, and you're fine. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are situations where I certainly would again. But yes, I definitely played lots of games while doing that. Um, my whole thing when I was doing acid a lot was that uh, I I never gotten shit like some of my friends did because I didn't feel like need Everyone always felt like when you're on acid, you got to go out and find an adventure. It's like no, no, no. The the point of acid is it brings the adventure to you. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can sit at home and you're gonna have a you're gonna have a wacky and good time. Um, so, yeah, a lot of times uh, my friends and I would, you know, go for a walk and then just come back and, and play games. Um, so I, I, have two, I have three very good uh, specific game-related memories. Uh, one is I played Bust a Groove, um, and I, uh, I got a perfect perfected the whole game. I didn't miss a single thing. I played through every character, beat Robo Z, uh, got everything. And that's a rhythm game. So it was a lot of fun. The music was fun. Um, The visuals were good for that. I really enjoyed it. Uh, The other is R-Type. The best I've ever been at R-Type was when I was on Acid once and I made it uh, to the seventh level without losing a life. And then I lost all my lives on the seventh level. Never one credit completed that game. I'm bad at R type as much as I love Everyone's it. Everyone's bad at R type, but that was a incredible run. And uh, yeah, you just kind of get yourself in that mode where you're like, no, those bullets are real. If it hits that ship, I'm dead. And you just you you sell yourself on okay. that, and you're like, all right, I'm not. I can't. I cannot hit these bullets. You take it for real. Uh, and then the third was I was tripping with a buddy once, and this was when I was uh, this was just after high school, but I was still living at home. We were in the basement, and we had like a basement room set up where my brother and I hung out. TV, game systems, stereo, etc. And uh, we were um, on acid, and we were playing Mario 3. Um, And my dad, uh, who was a school teacher, um, got up and uh, walked downstairs. It was like 4 in the morning but he had to get up early for school and he was working out before going to school those days and we're like, oh shit, we're we're right in the middle of this and uh, my dad comes downstairs and uh, goes oh, you guys just up drinking that Jolt Cola playing video games and <laughs> John's just like nothing more wholesome than a game of Super Mario 3, Mr. Ferguson and my dad's just like alright I'm gonna go work out <laughs> It was just, John very much tried to play it cool at that point. We threw him pro wrestling after that, I remember. And, like, he'd be like, ooh, good one. Oh, you just got up. I'm like, John, you don't need to, like, do the whole announcing thing. So, yeah, those are are three specific memories from that. All right. Was there anything for me to answer that one or no? No. Okay.
0: My first question
1: is for Ian. Ian. How have you been able to deal with Pat talking in third person for over 10 years and referring to regular math as Pat math? Also, second question, Pat, how have you been able
0: to talk in third person (laughs) and refer to math
1: as Pat math? (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Love the podcast. Also, extra napkins is amazing. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I don't think
0: Pat appreciates that, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Pat doesn't appreciate you, you know, criticizing how Pat speaks about Pat math and how Pat does things like that.
1: I appreciate it. I, I, Honestly, you just blank it out at some point. You you know, the first... I don't think Pat does it that often, to be honest. You do. You definitely do. I don't think Pat does it. I think I think we can what? go to the listeners here and I think they can definitely say yes. Pat doesn't seriously. agree with that at all. <laughs> Pat does Pat doesn't not agree, agree with that, that at, at all. all. Um no honestly, uh it's one of those things that uh, initially I was like, Well that's a strange thing to do. Um but then you get used to it. It's like I don't know. What it's it's like when you get married and you get used to, you know, your spouse's weird ticks.
0: One thing one thing I, I've learned to love about Ian is that um he doesn't have to understand the, the machinations of my mind. He just has to roll with it. And eventually, he comes along or he doesn't. And it really depends on what it is. <laughs> but overall, you know, it, yeah. ma- it makes for a more entertaining podcast. But I'm not going to pull the curtain back. But, you know, there's a, there's a method to, to Pat's madness, I'll just say. And Pat's method is one of those things. There. All right. Next one. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Clay, although Ian probably knows me from Twitter as terminally nerdy. I do. Just wanted to say Hello. I really appreciate all the things that you guys have done. I love your podcast. Been listening for, God, like two years. It is my source of news and entertainment. Thank you for doing this during the quarantine. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. And Ian, I hope you've been enjoying Warsim since you seemed to like my video and it made you buy the game. Peace.
1: Uh, yeah, thank you for listening Warsim is great, I've talked about it uh, before on here um, I, I, I found it through a, a tweet that uh, Clay did uh, Terminally Nerdy Warsim is the all text-based um, uh, kingdom builder game Basically, that just keeps getting updates Over and over and over it's again It's getting what? Update. Updates, yes um, so it's a really good game. It's often on sale. It's worth I think the five bucks even when it's not on sale. Uh, check out Warsim on um, Steam. Uh, that's not a plug for Clay. Clay didn't make the game, but check out Clay too, terminally nerdy. He's a nice guy. He just gave us a hand job, so check him out. All right, a handy. <laughs> hey guys, I love your show. I'm uh, calling you from up in Canada and Canada. Uh, I just want to say I've been watching a lot your coverage of the new Amico in television thing.
0: The new, it's not out yet. <laughs> and I was just watching a different podcast, uh, no offense, uh, with okay. Victor Lucas and Tommy Tallarico. And uh, a lot of new developments or updates of, uh, <laughs> you know, the... Uh, just the dodging of questions and everything that that Tommy has about this system is just amazing on this uh, this little broadcast. And uh, I sent you a link, Pat, on your Twitter. So please check that and uh, and uh, put it on your next uh, see you podcast. All right, thanks guys. If I had to try to keep track of all the Tommy Talarico podcasts that he's done. Uh, I, I would be dead by now since he's done probably literally hundreds at this point, and I've been making that like he's done probably a couple hundred, of, uh, podcast appearances. So um, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I mean, it's it's nuts. Yeah, that, that is that someone running a company with a multi million dollar investment think it's uh, worth his time and, and effort to to go out and talk to every every uh, YouTuber that'll book him for an interview. All right, this is from Jedediah.
1: Hey Pat and Ian, this is Jedediah calling with a quick question and a comment. My question is, what is your favorite Japanese Kit Kat bar variant? And if it's not my favorite flavor, what's it like to be so wrong? My comment for you is about how I went online to the Square Enix website and bought a brand new sealed PS1 game and got it graded Se- by WANA. I ended up selling it for a handsome little profit, mm-hmm. and I think that's an interesting little thing, something that's readily available was being able to be bought and purchased by these people that don't know what they're looking at. It reminds me of the Spider-Man games Mm -hmm. you were commenting on, but it's even more so destructive than that to our hobby because they're collecting something completely different. They're coveting the plastic, like you said. I don't want people to be going out and uh, flipping these or trying to scalp them, but I think it's something that should be known.
0: Oh, Wait, sure, Jed. I mean, it's... Oh, sorry. We, we brought that up before. What was the first thing he said? Oh, I'll, the only Japanese Kit Kat flavor I know, because someone gave them to me one time in a cool little tin. I was actually Karen, I believe, writing on the books. She gave me the green tea Kit Kats, which are delicious. The, the green, green tea. tea ones are really
1: good. It's the only thing I've ever had though. Um I had a oh, starving. That's the thing. There's lots of different varieties of Kit Kats. Why are we Japanese. asked out in the US with these? Um, but I uh, rarely see them. Whenever I go to like Mitsua um, or a place like that that would carry them, they're usually sold out. However, I did have a I can't remember what it was. It was like a strawberry cream one. That was a Valentine's Day one one year that was really good. And I really want to try, and I don't know, I it might be too late. Uh, they did apple pie kit cats this year, and those were actually oh. released in the U.S. and I think that has the potential to be very tasty. Um, as far as the the Wada thing, yeah, it's weird. A lot, of, I you know, and it's just a lot of people don't know about. Um, uh, first, the Square thing. Um, I think we even talked about that before. On we, here. We brought that can, up that they were you, selling. You some can stuff. still buy yeah. uh, some of the. Um, so when Square merged with Square Enix, there's a run of the. Um, like PlayStation Final Fantasy games for instance that you could get uh, f- direct from Square Enix that have the new Square Enix logo on them they're different from other PlayStation games because they're actually silver on the bottom um, and i remember the first time i saw them thinking they were bootleg because i'm like why are they not sure. why are they not the black bottom discs um so yeah i mean there's there's a lot of people out there who they get swept up in this sort of collecting and marketing thing, and they don't realize that they they either blinded by like you said the plastic on the outside of it, or they don't realize that they can do this themselves for just uh, for 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 a fraction of the cost. Sure, they're uneducated. You I, can you can go you can literally do what he just did. They're
0: un, uneducated. They're buying things on WADA that are still available on eBay, even sealed sometimes and for a fraction of the cost. They just, they're uneducated. They and- just they uneducated. They're assuming it's another type of market when it's not. They're like, oh, it's on Heritage. It must be rare. It's sealed. No. They don't know. All right.
1: Hey, Pat and Ian, Joey Freeze here. Joey Freeze. I used to listen to you guys on the weekends after my work week, and I used to start my work days listening to Jim Cornette's podcast, which as you can imagine is just him yelling and screaming about how bad modern wrestling is. And I said, you know what? That's probably not the best idea. Not that you guys are Bob Ross or anything, but compared to him, you are. (laughs) I work at uh, Steinway Pianos in Queens. Oh, um, nice. uh, It's a bit more mellow. Uh, So thanks for that. And uh, stay frosty.
0: Thanks, Joey. Joey Freeze has done uh, done music for uh, AVGN. He's done uh, piano music, obviously. I've talked re- to him a little bit yeah. online. I met him at one of the, the conventions. Nice guy. Um, working at a piano shop is probably like like the most chill job ever. Because who's going to come in looking to buy a piano? Just like the nicest p- I wanna, I wanna play your piano. I want to. I want a player piano. I want to. I want a mini grand. I think. My, I think my grandfather uh, his uh, player piano was a Stein, Steinway. I
1: believe. Anyway, what was he saying about? Um, I was just talking about how he switched Jim uh, Jim Cornette for Jim
0: Cornette. Jim Cornette is raucous. He's obviously very knowledgeable. He's been in the business for like 35 years since he was, you know, small. Uh, He's also somewhat insane and he's a hypocrite. Uh, His big thing is that modern, he said he hates modern wrestling. He hates the Young Bucks. He hates Kenny Omega. He hates how the business has quote unquote been exposed when the business has been exposed since the early nineties. It's been exposed since the Vince McMahon trials and and people come out and yeah, this it's, isn't, it's been it's, exposed It's ever since, not a new thing ever since they were legally forced to change it to being sports entertainment because they otherwise they couldn't get commissioned in certain states to have their events at right. WWF at the time um, and he talks about how all oh, these people aren't taking it seriously they're treating it like it's a video game and things like that I'm like you think it was treated seriously in the mid-90s in WWF when you had the goon, and you had a guy who was a plumber, and you duped the Dumpster Drosy? Yeah. And you had a fucking, one of the most famous wrestlers is a fucking undead wizard. Isaac Yankum, DDS. Uh, you know, you have the Undertaker, who's like a magical creature. Like, what, what, like, did you ignore these things? Like, wrestling was always over the top, and... You know uh, parody of, of 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 characters and and it was it was never like totally it's it's like sports for that you only have to go back to even i'd say Japan, but even Japan they always had over the top characters that were based upon you know uh, their superhero characters and things like that, so even there like tiger Mask stuff so even so even there it was never totally like oh right. it's a, we're treating this like a serious sport that's like st- that almost never existed, no that in is, that is
1: definitely a person who is getting old, looking back on the glory days with very, very selective lenses and in this day and age there 's not, almost I, nothing that drives me crazier than
0: that i 'm not saying there there 's not a market for treating pro wrestling as a serious sport in in Japan, they mostly still do that that doesn 't mean though no, that would translate to an audience in two thousand and twenty this day and age, sure, with social media and everything everyone everyone knows. That it's entertainment, so I don't know how far you'd go. I, they, I mean, they tried it with the NWA thing, bring it back. and They did like the studio thing setting, which is interesting, like how they did like in the '80s, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not saying it, but for a large audience, you can't get away with that anymore. You can't. You right. just can't. You, you just can't get away. Wrestling audiences are either children or like 40 plus at this point. Like that's because the people that liked it when they were kids. Like it, it's it's different now. Like it, it's totally different. Than how it used to be, where it's like, you know, you had the, the old women like wanting to stab people with screwdrivers in the 80s, like try to stab Harley Race, you know, things like that. I don't think we're ever going to see that again, where like there'll be almost near riots breaking out because they think it's actually real and how dare you hit that guy with a the, with the chair. Right. I don't think we're going to, and probably for the better, we're not going to see that anymore. No, definitely, definitely right? for the better. Like, that, like that's, yeah, people are foaming at the mouth, but you want people to think it's actually real? Like you actually want that again? You really don't want that. No, I don't think you really want that anymore. Time for one more. We'll do one last here.
1: Hey, y'all. I just got to say
0: I love this show. It's always like a highlight of my week listening in to the new episode. And also, Pat, your luscious mane is currently the inspiration for how I'm growing my hair out. Oh. Now, I remember a few weeks ago Ian offhandedly mentioning Ian Ferguson Smash Bros. So I'm curious, <laughs> what would be your core roster be for both Ian Ferguson Smash Bros
1: and Pat Contry Smash Bros.? I almost feel like that should be its own topic. I, I feel, like, feel like we should save that for its own topic. I feel like oh. we should save that because I, <laughs> um, I have. I, thank you for the question. I have answers for that, uh, but I feel like that is a a a good a good poll topic. We're
0: gonna say. I'm, so, I'm sorry, CJ. That's a great. That's that we will be its own get topic. to that. We I'm gonna. We will I'm gonna, get to that. I'm gonna highlight that. Wait, what would our personal Smash Brothers rosters be? Yeah, that could be very. That could be entertaining. Because now, you know, we talked about maybe Ean's as being Namco characters, but that could be entertaining. So, but thanks so th- much for the, uh, the 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 questions and comments about my hair and complaining about Pat Math. It's, it's been great. <laughs> um, remember, go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast if you want to hear us ramble. Or you can subscribe on YouTube as well. There's a link somewhere for that uh, if you want to get some early segments. Or our Patreon is patreon.com slash CU podcast there. All right. You done anything? We're going to keep this other one still, or you want to do it? I'm done. You're done? I'm uh, done. An, an hour 42? Hour 42. That's fine. That's this, nice. this is fun. Yeah. We're only, doing, we're only doing five topics, five main topics the past few weeks. We're getting old. It's been, it's been seven seven plus years. Uh, wow. Seven years. Seven years. <sighs> what are you going to do the rest of the day? I'm going to fucking go home and sleep. I'm feeling better, and you, you, you're you afraid of me being sniffly. I'm, I'm okay yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, no coughing. You're fine. I haven't been coughing. That's why, you know, I, I say that. I'm not kidding. I've sneezed every day this year. and I don't know if it's because I've, I've now developed allergies or the environment or my body's just slowly dying. I don't know, but I've sneezed every day this year. I know that because I never <laughs> used to sneeze every day. I sneeze like once a week. And now it's like, yeah, well, I, I sneezed yesterday. I sneezed again today. And that's how I've been tracking it. I've literally been tracking Like, oh, I've, I've sneezed again. <laughs> sneeze diary. Well, like, well... Think about it. How often do you actually sneeze? Like you never I sneeze. sneeze every day. Oh, I never used I to sneeze, like. sneeze. I always sneeze. I've never sneezed every day. Sneeze all the time. Never. Never sneeze every day. You sneeze all the time. Well, that's your, that's your system working with the stuff out. Working out the gunk yeah. in there. The filter system. The filter system. The natural filter system. that is, That is uh, Ian Ferguson's nostrils and things like that. Okay. You can get that weed whacker, though, if you want to trim those there. That's all. That weed whacker. Maybe I'll go to the dispensary today. <laughs> that sounds like a Oh, thing. okay. All right. Goodbye. We're, we're done, everyone. We'll see you in a week. I we'll might have a nice announcement for you all next week about an event. We'll see. Take care.